0: G'day guys, are you missing out on your favourite show because it's not available in your region? Or are you trying to keep your private time? Let's say private. Well, let me introduce you to NordVPN. Now, we all love to binge or maybe even barbecue alone, but your privacy is a big deal too. NordVPN keeps your information encrypted so you don't have to worry about your IP or location getting out. A huge thing for me is the region-locked content feature and NordVPN is a game changer. So a little story. When I went over to America last year, I activated a library of extra shows and movies on the streaming platforms when I logged in over there. I started watching this high school football show called All American. Highly recommend it and smashed three seasons of it. But when I arrived back, guess what? It disappeared. But this was an easy fix. I used my NordVPN to switch my IP address, and from there, all the access was back, baby, and I never missed an episode and smashed out the remaining two seasons. So go ahead, grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com slash talking league. You're going to get a huge discount off the NordVPN plan. Plus, guess what? They're throwing in a four extra months for free. It's completely risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. So head over to nordvpn.com com slash talking league get protected and get all that extra viewing today you're listening to a dm podcast ladies and gentlemen i introduce to you the podcast with the best banter greatest gut feels and most ridiculous narratives on planet earth get ready to dominate The NRL Fantasy Season, with the team from Talking League!
1: Hello everyone and welcome back to Talking League, your weekly NRL Fantasy Podcast. We're proudly brought to you by Gameplay Squad, create coach, compete in fantasy footy, be the coach and win, download the app and play now. Welcome to the live QA for around twenty-five. My name is Jason. I'll be your host for this one. I'm joined by Rich and Riley. We'll get them involved now. Starting with you, Rich, mate. How are you traveling?
2: Yeah, I think I'm tired. My fantasy team's tired. And it's been a long season. But um, yeah, you I know, could do with a couple of good breaks this week to perk me up for the last couple of weeks. I've actually decided to rest a couple of players from my fantasy team this week, just so that they're ready to go for the back end of the season.
1: Yeah, that's a great idea. That'll help you get a PhD in fantasy strategy, which I'm sure will be available at all good universities soon. And uh, Riley, good to see you, mate. I know you had a bit of fun uh, on Trending Trades and Wacky Wednesday, but uh, how you going, mate?
3: Yeah, good, Robbo. Back from work and I think my fantasy team's back for the run home after a season high round rank last week. So ready to hopefully become fantasy relevant and challenge a few of the uh, other boys at Talking League come the back end of the season.
1: All limbs crossed, hey? Well, we'll go into a bit of a vibe check, and I'll start with you, Rolly, in terms of how we're shaping up for round 25 in terms of green dots, uh, rank movement, uh, any VCC strategies. Uh, take it away. Uh,
3: pretty simple for me this week, Rob. I've got 17 green dots with one trade left, so I'm holding that. i got Lemuelo sitting on the bench there as well, so hopefully hold him uh, being out for the one week, then bring him in. I've got Murray on the buy next week, uh, so Lemuelo hopefully comes straight in, avoid a few injuries this week. Still have Hopgood in my uh, 17 as well, so he could be potentially a trade in 27. So still holding that one trade, moving forward as uh, cover for injuries and suspensions uh, come the following two weeks. But I think I might still disclose my rank for a little bit because I'm not quite where I want to be just yet.
1: That's fair. But as TK says, accountability is the best ability here at Talking Leaks. Of course, all the listeners will get to see that one at the conclusion of round 27. Rich, how about you? I think I slightly overtook you in the overall ranks, but we're very, very close, aren't we? Uh, we are, but, yeah,
2: no, you definitely did because I scored a pathetic 860-odd last week, and uh, despite writing an email and trying to get some extra points, it just didn't work. So uh, I really <laughs> had a blunder last week and just suffered. Um, so I've decided to take drastic action. I've, I'm resting Preston this week. I've told him just to freshen up, come back for the <laughs> final game. Limuelli, he's uh he's been told to go and sort his head out and come back and sort of hit in the game and not on someone's elbow. So um, yeah, I'm really struggling and I ran out of trades, but I've got the beer minimum seventeen. But one of them is not even a fantasy player, really. He, I don't know what he's doing <laughs> in my team. So yeah, I need to go on that seg- segment that's called worst trades, and he'd be up there in my top five worst trades. So yeah, it's it's rough. So Overall rank of, I, don't, I must have scored more than eight. I think I scored 863, but my overall rank is 860. So, um, yeah, you've passed me. Paddy's passed me. Uh, but, yeah, I'm I'm fielding 17 this week. And as I say, I'm going to make sure I've got a full team in round 27 because I'll bring two guys back for that round. So maybe that's going to be when I make up my final ground.
1: Yeah, it's, it's going to be a fun race. Who see gets the bronze here at Talking League Towers? Because obviously, Brenton's going to get the gold and TK, most likely the silver. He's about 160 points in front of Pat, uh, yourself, and myself. Last week, I scored a 943, so it got a bit of an upgrade compared to Sunday. So, rank went into 793, which is a yeah, season yeah, high, great. which I mean, probably not absolutely thrilled about, but considering where my rank was at different junctures of the season, I'll take that every day of the week. Still two trades left. Only one power player in hand, only one south player in Murray, so we should be okay for numbers. We've got eight, uh, 19 green dots this week, although Brendan Hands, he's more of a, like a orange dot if I'm being generous. Uh, I think he'll score about six. So we've got Dan Russell on Toe who have been looped, but there is a bit of chat about Ken Munster potentially being unavailable, which might appear in the questions, and of course, listeners, if you've got any questions, fire them through in the chat, and we'll certainly get through them, but we'll get started now with uh, another person from the Talking League Tribe in Jake, and it's coming straight to you, Rolls. He goes, hey, Rolly, any tips for how not to get bowled through the gate?
3: Well, I reckon I levelled a few scores of Savarub at Cricket Train. I knocked uh, Jakey's Timberwork flying a little bit, so <laughs> just a little heads up for the listeners. Uh, as of last night, I have retired from indoor cricket, and I'm now transferring to Touch as of next Monday because... Rowey unfortunately broke his fingers, so Mitchell Moses might need to step aside because Nathan Cleary's fit and foreign and ready to take over the playmaking duties of the UK uh, touch-footy team.
1: Fair enough. Just make sure you don't do a... Uh... So <laughs> okay, go, Rich.
2: I just thought he was talking... I was just questioning what sort of touch it was after his experience at Bunnings yesterday, you know.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, No, it actually wasn't Bunnings, Rich. You don't go and buy steel from Bunnings. It's actually touch footy I'm playing, so um, with grown men as well. So it's in actually a mixed comp. So, um, yeah, all above board.
1: That's nice. So mixed comp. So is it because I know they have uh, Oztag down in New South Wales where I think is it the women that get two points? Is that the same sort of in in the setup you're playing up there?
3: Um, Yeah, so women get two points and then um, all men only get one point for a try.
1: Yeah, because I remember they used to have... I don't know whether it was Nationals or State, Tag used to be in Coffs Harbour. So I saw it a couple of times, and oh, it was funny watching like the over-35s and 45s because you thought they were playing for sheep stations with the way they carried on in touch footy. But, yeah, I do remember seeing that a lot where uh, you know, one of the quicker guys would make a line break, and then you just see them looking for a female teammate coming through so they could pass it over the line and get the two points. So, no, uh, enjoy that. I was just going to say, uh, I know you're going Nathan Cleary. If there's anyone that looks like Dylan Brown in the opposition, just try not spear-tackle them like last year, eh?
3: No, no contact, Robbo, so keep me shoulder out of the way and, uh, yeah, just plenty of TAs, I think. Uh, might break a few records there.
1: Yeah, look out for those ghost points, folks, for anyone who plays a bit of TRL fantasy. But, we'll get uh, let's get sit to on the
3: sidelines and just keep count of our fantasy scores.
1: Yeah, at least as, as long as it's not Reed Marnie with the missed tackle count, uh, we should be good to go. Kim Markey has got our first question and we'll uh, probably go around the com- committee here with this one. It's best trade-in for Payne Haas. Now, Rich, starting off with Payne Haas, if you've got, say, at least two trades, is he a trade out, considering he hasn't been on absolute fire since returning? Uh,
2: Well, I think Kim's already made the decision, so I'll promote, yeah, you you may as well trade him out, because he's not guaranteed to come back and score 275s, so if you can find someone that's going to get uh, 360s, then you've made a profit regardless, haven't you? So, um i'd be pretty happy to pull that trigger 360s and then if haas comes back and gets 255s you've made a net 70 profit so i'm happy with
1: that option noise and in terms of who you would trade in so isaiah yo is one k more so pain us 847 you've got tino yep. fa asu malay 840 you've got your man cam mckinnis 798 uh, any anyone else outside of those that you, you'd love to bring in assuming kim doesn't need a bid?
2: Yeah, I'd, I'd assume he's got a few options, but maybe even um, because he might already have some of those players. But another one that's an option would be Fanua Blake. Um, the coach has already said he's not going to rest players, and I've just heard Jazz Tavaga's out, stunners Hemi. So again, it only going to mean that he keeps up those big minutes, and he does love a meat pie against a weak opposition. So um, maybe not this week, but in the next couple of weeks against like the. Uh, beleaguered dolphins or something he could really um slay them he could and
1: with vanilla Blake, i was listening to the magic sponge on sunday and like i didn't see the game on saturday i was uh tilda's based on the saturday was there something about an ankle that happened because they were going on about there being a interesting mechanism for afb in terms of an ankle so was there anything in the game where he went off with like a sore ankle or something
2: Uh, nothing of concern anyway. So, no, he played 71 minutes or something, I think. So, can't have mean that sore? Uh, the only thing that probably made it sore was running so much. And he did score a late try. So, like in the uh, last five minutes or something. So, yeah. Oh, well, I know, um, I had a mate, speaking of the Matildas, I had a mate that had gone to Fiji and they were on an island and they only had one TV on the whole island. And the Warriors were on at the same time as Matilda's. (laughs) <laughs> and it was majority warriors uh, fans a lot of kiwis but there were three apparently uh very woke women that were saying that it was sexist and rara rah, and so the Matildas got the first nod but the bar just erupted with a warriors chant and it got so loud that eventually they just had to change it so um yeah it's always interesting those dynamics when there are Situations like that at a sports bar or something, and there's only one channel, so I thought that was an interesting uh, we play. But yeah, in Fiji, you often get quite a few Kiwis go there, so I guess they won out on the night. So
1: they did. My my experience of Fiji. So I actually went and did schoolies there. The place called Mango Bay. If anyone watches Bachelor in Paradise like Riley does? Uh, that's where they they shoot it now. Obviously, it's they've upgraded a lot since I went there. But I do remember the uh, Rugby World Sevens being on one weekend when we were there, and. All the staff just stopped when Fiji played. Like it was just that fifteen minute. It was understanding. Everyone knew that when Fiji were playing, uh, you're not getting served at the bar. <laughs> the food's not getting cooked. Nothing like that. And it was just the known thing. It was just, oh yep, yeah, cool, no worries. And then as soon as the, the match was done, yep, they'll they back to it. So no, uh, got a got a lot of love for Fiji now. Roles in terms of some options here. Have you got any left field ones that Kim you know, could potentially have a look at? Considering you know Haas is the one, two, three, four, fifth most expensive player in the game.
3: I think, Robert, if you're going to go a safe option, Cam McInnes is probably the pick of the bunch for me. The one thing we'll point out, though, I wouldn't look to potentially move Haas on to Murray as you're going to have to cover that by next week. I thought Jakey made a really good point last night regarding that. If you did want to look at a ceiling player, though, I'm pretty interested in looking at Tino. The only thing is, statistically, the stats do point out that his output does drop at lock, but in terms of footy and the style of gameplay which he is playing this year, statistically, it shouldn't really matter, so... He's got a great ceiling, loves a trash time try, so i definitely look at him if you want a ceiling player, particularly if uh, in your head-to-head matchup and you sort of want to point a difference uh, to your opponent as well. I think he's a great option, and I'd potentially prefer him. I know Rich brought up AFB. I'd sort of look towards to pick Tino over AFB, just because I think he's more of a leader in that Titans pack, because you do have sort of to- uh, Tohu there, uh, that AFB does play big minutes alongside.
1: That's the case, yeah, and I think you know, as TK says, he likes to pick players where they're on the field for as long as possible. We know with Tino being the captain, he's probably going to be on there for at least 70 minutes, and especially in a game against Penrith where they're going to be right up against it. Yeah, I can see him being pretty busy. Matthew David with our next question here, and he is using his last trade. Look at him. Last trade, playing with 15, maybe 16 if Munster comes through. Fingers crossed, Matthew. Aaron Clark, to Jackson Ford is what he's proposing. It gives him mid-cover. He has Tanner Boyd, Connolly Lamoilu, Ray Stone, Mitch Barnett, Jacob Preston and Payne Haas. He's holding Stone and Preston as they may play around 27. Now, Rich, similar strategy to you here, strategic resting with Preston and DeBellin. In terms of Jackson Ford, he's not the worst option for three weeks, is he?
2: Uh, Who's he wanting to
1: bring in? Jackson Ford.
2: Yeah, no, because he's obviously limited on cash. He's got no cash in the bank if he's looking at Jackson Ford. Um, Jackson Ford plays 80 minutes every week. They've got a couple of week games coming up as well, we've already spoken about, and he has finally managed to sort of somehow get less missed tackles In the start of the year. He just killed people and people got off that train. But when he can limit his demerits, he's a a good option. So also good thinking, Matthew, just resting Preston and... um, who else? And Limuelli, that's, that's good thinking. I like those tactics.
1: Yeah, and it's something we spoke about in the group chat about a week ago. I raised it where if you get a player that gets suspended for a set period of time, Mo Fodawake is probably the best example, he's you know he's out for one game, where you know that they're just suspended, it's sometimes worth holding those players if you think that, say with your last trade, you might need to use it on someone else who gets a season-ender, like Jack DeBellin and... Mitch Moses might be a great example of that, where, I mean, let's be honest, no one was predicting that Moses was going to get his eye socket fractured or, or the like last week, but something like that was going to happen to a player that, you know, you might potentially own. So, yeah, call it the Angus Crichton rule, I guess, in terms of, I think it's 2021, where he got a two-week ban for a shoulder charge or a late hit or something like that, but came back around 25, so everyone held on to him because other players ended up getting injured, and at least in you know, the last round, uh, he was able to post a score. Chris Cook, more with a statement, more than a question. This is a little bit self-indulgent, so we'll go through this very quickly. He just wants to pass on congrats to me for my, his words, great rank uh, from where I was earlier in the year. Might overtake him since 657. Yeah, it's uh, been a hard slog this year. I was, after round eight, I was outside the top 7,000. And then if we look at, where did we get to? Round 15, I was... Uh, 3,783 and have pretty much gone 3,000 ranks up then. But I am actually chronicling my season in terms of all the decisions I made throughout the season. Um, but I've got some some handy tips for, for the coaches for next year, so expect that three-part series to come out at the back end of the year. As for Cookie, he wants a little bit of uh self-gratitude here as well. He is 26 in Mixer. That is pretty good. I think you've got me covered there. Have you boys set up your Mixer teams yet, Rich? Have you chucked in your six players and your two boosts?
2: Uh, yeah. The problem is... I. Yeah, I'm going to sound misogynist, but I have never seen a woman's game um, of league. So I just pick the ones with the averages, and then they're out injured, or yeah, they didn't play, and so yeah, I'm not great in that. That so, yeah. Right.
1: I, I'm the I'm the Riley of uh, the mixer. Yeah, I was, I was gonna I was gonna say without <laughs> though, actually, like
3: nah. it's okay, I'm actually mixer relevant this year instead <laughs> of fantasy relevant. You have to be
2: in something, Riley. <laughs> hey, Pass it Plus, I don't think there's 11,000 people in that comp, so you can't be head for head. No, there actually
1: is. There's 12,000. <laughs> yeah, because I, uh, I know Brian Seney and, and James on the Magic Sponge podcast. They, I think they actually have a partnership with Bundy in terms of promoting the Bunny Mixer, so I think we actually get a couple of super coach players funneling across as well. But, yeah, I sort of agree with you, Rich, in terms of it's – I find it difficult to watch the games. Not Like, the quality of them is is outstanding. I think it's probably the second or third best women's sport on the planet. Like, it's really good. It's just – this time of year, I'm kind of fantasyed out. I've, you know, There's been some weeks where I've watched five, six NRL games, and I kind of get to this point of the year, and I don't really want to watch any besides South's game, really, and besides whoever I've got captain. And I think last week I watched, like, three games, and even after that I was kind of over it. So, yeah, I think that's the tricky part that they've got with uh, the NRLW sort of having it at this time. It's sometimes hard for... Because some games are on at the same time as NRL men's games, so how are you going to get people... Yeah, I don't know what the solution is there, but at least they announced their draw nice and early, unlike the AFLW. They've done a pretty shocking job with that. If
2: they bring a lingerie lingerie league and I might start watching. <laughs> like in the uh, the NFL, they had one, didn't
1: they? Mm. Yeah, well, let that one go through to the keeper. Joseph Smith for our next question. Need a green dot this week. He's got three trades left, and he would like to hold two of them for the next couple of rounds. You're joining me and Andy there. Good to see you, Joseph. He is trading Lodge. It'll give him five twenty nine and he'll have any position available to him he's looking at harrison graham as he doesn't have any hooker cover love to hear your thoughts now i'm just going to check his price rich but i believe Eli katoa is actually beneath this price and realistically if you had a quick look through would there be anyone that would actually have a better ceiling than Eli katoa at this price tag Uh,
2: probably not Uh, however i just think if he's got no hooker cover it's it could be the path of wisdom just to go down and make sure he's got that cover. And the thing about uh, Harrison Graham is that he actually has got – we know he's got the spot for the rest of the season and he actually looks pretty good as well. So I wouldn't be against uh, going that way. So, um, yeah, I think he's a good good option, Harrison Graham, And because how many trades did he say he had left? Three trades. So, yeah. Yeah. And then he he'll have more cash to upgrade other positions as well so i think harrison graham would be his best option by a long way so he's only yes. three hundred three thousand, 3000 averaging 40 and you've got to think that in at least in the first, so in the two games where he's played decent minutes he's averaging 48 so to me that is just rock solid um that's a good option for me
1: for sure and, you know, if he does score quite well, if Harry Grant gets a last-minute rest in, say, 26 or 27, and there's no good options to trade him out for, you, know, you can slot Harris and Graham in, you get a 30, 35, you'll probably take that this time of year. So there you go, Joseph, you can stick with that one there. And speaking of a Joseph Smith, uh, obviously I called out Joseph Benjamin Smith on the Sunday show, uh, and just want to address that because whenever there's a call-out, I always like to give a shout-out when... Uh, accountability he's had. He left a comment there, and I obviously own the fact that he deleted the comment and chucked it back up, which I thought was, uh, you know, been a really good sport. So shout out to you, Joseph. That was, uh, yeah, that was really good areas. Jordan Gimmons with our last question before we go to late mail. He goes, Hey lads, i have been a couple of head-to-head prelims this week. Nice work, Jordan. He's got three trades, 56k in the bank. Is Hopgood a trade now? He's moved to the edge. He could go from he could go to Yo or McInnes and either trade out Edwards or Lemuel who is a decent for a decent score in any position, hold his last trade if he makes the grand final for Murray. Cheers, boys. We'll start attacking this uh, in terms of Hopgood, and I might get both your opinion on this, but I'll start with you, Rolly. In terms of Hopgood on the edge, is it a matter of just seeing what happens this week and then making a call?
3: Yeah, I think so, Robo, because we're unsure of the role which he's gonna play. See Mato on the bench and uh, whether he comes on and plays 60 minutes on the edge or sort of that hybrid roll through the middle. I still think uh, whether Hop, Hopgood plays on the edge or not. The work rate, which he has shown throughout the season with uh, consistently having a huge tackle count, along with decent run metres as well, uh, is going to hold him in good stead. Potentially playing on the right side as well. So it, right side, so Lynch and if he does get some decent ball outside RC as well, so... Um, yeah, I definitely would hold Hopgood, I think, to start with and just watch a week, particularly with trades thin, because this time of year you can quite quickly go through three trades.
1: You can. Now, Rich, obviously, george has got a little bit of head-to-head focus here. Would that be the sole reason to sort of keep Hopgood? If your grand finals are next week, that round 27 vibe is more or less an afterthought, isn't
2: it? Yeah, and yeah, I think he'll score fine on the edge. He could end up Sort of being in competition with cartwright as to who can have the most offloads when he's played in the middle he's really sort of tucked it under the wing and because you've got those extra defenders there he really hasn't produced any offloads so i think out on that edge it frees him up he i think he might pull out three or four offloads and all of a sudden there's 12 to 16 extra points so uh, i wouldn't see it as a detriment in playing on the edge i'd see it as a potential bonus
3: Just quickly add to Robbo, I think he probably plays 80 minutes as well on the edge, just for that rotation, which Parra are going to have to employ now. So I think that could be a bonus as well.
1: Yeah, I was thinking the try he scored against the Dolphins. He was pretty wide out on that. Obviously, he was playing in the middle in the context of that game, but I think he was, what, third third receiver? It was a dummy half, one pass from Moses or someone into Hopgood, and he was playing out pretty wide. He just ran over two blokes and scored. Like That could easily happen as well. Or even, you know, being out in the edge, a kick goes up and rebounds back and Joanne Hopwood falls on it. Nice little bonus, you know, 10 points if he gets a tackle bust in a try. So, probably hold him there. In terms of Edwards and Lemueli, this is an interesting one here. Now, Riley, with Edwards, you know, we're looking at his understrength Gold Coast team. He could pile up there. But with Lemowelli in this context of the head-to-head, is this a matter of just play it throughout the round and see whether you need to trade him to make these Grand Finals?
3: I think so, Rob. I brought Edwards at nearly 700k and he's plummeted to low 500s now as well. So I'm absolutely kicking myself there. It's really been a big hit to my team value. I think, (laughs) um, yeah, don't laugh too loud, Rich. Um,
2: He got reikied.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I did. (laughs) I got reikied, Rossed. If you are, because you are head-to-head focused, you could look to move them on. But the thing is, only with 56k in the bank, it's hard to sort of make a trade where it's going to be a huge upgrade. You're sort of looking to bring in a 50 point player, and you sort of probably need 200k in the bank. So you are short there. You potentially have to look to do a downgrade upgrade uh, somewhere, such as Dan Russell, uh, and then you could look to uh, make another upgrade sub- somewhere else, such as Lemelu as well. I think Ewan Aikens uh, potentially a decent shout as well, uh, playing on the edge this weekend. Whether he does keep that spot going, 40 does average. I just had a quick look, close to 50. I think starting on the edge across his career. So I think he's a decent shout does give you centre cover as well if you do decide to move Lamaello on, which I do think uh, will hold you in good stead moving forward and ensure that you can play with 17.
1: Absolutely. Now, Rich, lastly on this question, he mentions here Cam Murray. Would this be incentive to hold trades, knowing that next week if you make your grand finals and you're able to trade out Murray and your opponent can't, that could be the the straw that breaks the camel's back in terms of your opponent's uh, chances of winning those grand finals, right?
2: Yeah, but you've still got to get into the grand final. So... um... Yeah, with three trades, I'd be looking to perhaps pull the trigger with two this week, and that way they're going to be set for next week anyway. So potentially could pick up Harrison Edwards at three hundred and thirteen, and that then frees up an extra two hundred thousand. So all of a sudden, he can then upgrade Lemueli or um or Edwards to someone that's you know perhaps a teddy or something like that. Uh, that would give him enough money to get someone half decent into his team that will then actually get fifty there's a winning fallback.
1: There you go, Jordan. A bit of food for thought for you there. We'll go just a quick late mail, which is, of course, brought to you by James, Australia's first AI investing application for shares and ETFs. Now, not much to report here. Both teams are 1-17, to 17. the 18th men for these teams. Jane Tarno Brown has got it for the Cowboys and Jersey number 18. And Jesse Colquhoun, the train, he is in the 18th man slot at 12. Jersey number 20. So just be careful if you're trying to do any starting slot loops with your middles. Probably just put Colhoun on your bench because if he gets activated with five minutes to go because Scott Drinkwater's shoulder charge someone again, you don't want him coming in, getting a one, and then stuffing up your looping because I know with Hands, that came out uh, a couple of weeks ago. No, there was was a player that was an 18th man that got activated and caused some chaos. So just be careful with that. But yes, again, late mail brought to you by James AI. You can learn more at jamesapp.com. TK chimed in here. Hey, champs, should I anti port Joseph Manu and play Big Bad Karaz? Also, any news on Seb Chris? I'll go to you, this Rich. I think you've got this one covered.
2: Yeah. Uh, hey, boss. Uh, yeah, I don't think you want to go against the pack and not play Manu. However, you do want to play Karaz. So it is a little bit of a dilemma, but I know that he, well, Seb Chris could actually come in handy for him. Oh, he did trade him out, though. So, otherwise, he could have looped because, um, yeah, money has been a bit hot and cold. And if you can avoid him when the pack's got him, happy days. But if he gets an 80 and you rested him, you look like a chump,
1: not a champ. Worst case, you could do a patty and drunkenly trade him out and then have a center issue the next week, which uh, which happened, but yeah, said Chris. Absolute gun, no longer a lemon. He's more of a lime, I guess, because you know, lime green jersey and limes are sort of a better flavour than lemon. But I hope I'm going to catch TK this week. I think mean, just 660 points to catch up in three weeks. No problems at all. Kaylin, why he's got our next question here. He wants to know McInnes or Tino Fa'a. On a dime, Riley, which way would you go? I'm
3: going to go McInnes Robo just because he's a safer option to style a fantasy coach. I am, but if you do want the ceiling. Uh, player I think you have to pick up Tino, it depends what uh, style of player you want in your squad. How
2: about you, Rich? I'm a McInnes owner, so I'm always gonna pick McInnes and there was a great podcast out this week with um Jam, Jammer, James Graham, I'm trying to think who it was. Uh, he interviews McInnes and McInnes, I must say, just comes across as an absolute top bloke. So I always cheer for top blokes. Although I also heard the exact same thing about Tino. So
1: two top blokes can't go wrong.
2: Uh, McInnes for me.
1: I think we'll make it three zero there. Not just because he's a former South Sydney player. The thing that worries me about Tino is he's just recently come back from a suspension. So if he has any high arm against like a really short defender and clocks them, he could be in strife. So. Mm-hmm. I just think that that's probably too risky when it's probably last trade, and McKinnis is that slight bit cheaper. So you've got extra trades left, and, and, he's, having and that. he's just
2: signed a contract. And we know that uh, once you sign a contract, your performance drops off.
1: It could do, yeah. And they are playing Penrith, so he could spend thirty minutes behind his goals watching uh, Nathan slot them from everywhere. Kingy Snuggle's got a next question. Kia ora, bro. There's four trades left. He wants to trade at Haas of Trell or DC head-to-head prelude Now, Riley, surely with this, you've got to go DCE because he's going to be available next week, right?
3: Yeah, definitely, Robbo. Also would go DCE just due to that floor as well. Do think South have been on a little bit of a slide late, lately uh, following round 10 onwards. They did struggle through that origin period having a stack of players out, so do think DC has been in potentially better form as well. Trell uh, has spent a fair bit of time out of the game this year as well with a few niggling injuries. So DC's, DCE, sorry, his 88 last week definitely uh, leaves him good stead to fire on the run home.
1: Absolutely. And Rich, DCE last week, he, I don't know if you've seen much of the game, but he played like a player that had him in his fantasy team. He was running out dummy half, tackle busting, offloading, uh, nice long kicks on the third tackle. Like, it was just an absolute dream as a DCE to see him going get there, clocking up all those points.
2: Yeah, but it was really last chance uh, saloon for them. And now that it's over, I'd say uh, they'll probably spin it. They'll share the ball around a little bit more. But they're also playing a defensive juggernaut this week, and the Warriors have done a pretty good job at closing down uh, those gun players. So, look for a poor performance from him.
1: Potentially, but if the Warriors are that dominant, he might kick every you know sixth tackle from inside his own thirty and has to boot sixty meters, get you know fourteen hundred kick meters, and still somehow get a fifty despite the Warriors winning fifty nil.
2: I'm sure he'll get a fifty, but um, that's about about it and yeah yeah he's better than Latrell, i suppose because Latrell ain't playing next week and you're using your second trade but yeah four trades is quite a luxury at this time of year he must have gone on holiday
1: sometime and forgot about trades either that or he's a dedicated head to head player now if there was a case for Latrell, would it be the fact that you go i think he's got a bigger ceiling than dce i've got four trades left i bring him in and then, if I make the grand final, I can trade him out to someone else, right? Like with four trades, he could probably do this was say, like his only cash head to head
3: Yeah, I do definitely agree with that, Robo. With uh, three trades remaining after this week, if you do decide to pull the trigger, definitely is a play moving forward as well. It could just be a one week option where you do look to get the win. Uh, if you do have adequate wing fullback cover, though, you could have someone like Karaz sitting on your bench. You could look to cover Trell next week as well. So I think if you did want the ceiling option, though, Again, go Trail, but if you want the safe, probably 50 to 60-odd, definitely go DCE.
1: Lovely. We'll pile through some looping questions here. We'll start with this one here from Chris Walker. Who would you play out of Edwards, King, which I'm going to assume is Max King. If it's Josh King, Chris, please correct us. And Harrison, well, again, is this Harrison Graham? Was this Campbell Graham? I'm going to assume it's Harrison Graham. So we'll go Dylan Edwards- Max King and Harrison Graham for these three options. He would loop between the other two. Rich, how would you do this? Play one and then loop the other two.
2: Yeah, you're, you're playing. Well, I guess I'd probably play Graham because he's guaranteed the 50 without a high ceiling and then I'd be looping Edwards uh, because Edwards does have that higher ceiling. So, And then if he doesn't, uh, what order do they play?
3: Graham plays first out of those which yeah, so, Graham, it is though, because you've got Wade Graham as well.
1: True, uh, true. And he plays yeah. first
3: game, so if you had him, I'd definitely put him in um, your fifth spot because uh, he does statistically score well on the edge. And then you, I'd look to potentially put Edwards uh, as your loop option. Then if uh, Graham doesn't get anything over thirty-five,
1: Mm-mm. yeah, go go with that, Chris. But yeah, if you're gonna chuck through questions even they're looping or anything guys just try and make it nice and clear as to who the players are particularly where the surnames or the nicknames are quite similar because otherwise we might assume it's the wrong one and then we give you some advice that's uh close to useless next one here from matt duggan this is another looping question head-to-head prelim nice work matt makes the prelims who's loop he's got cnk he'll be second loop player regardless but in tonight's game he's either going or drink water. And his opponent has Drinky, but not Raymond. Now, Rich, is this a matter of sort of assessing your opponent and going, I'm the front runner, I'll just match them with the better player? And if I'm the outsider, I'm going to chuck Raymond in and hope he gets a hat-trick.
2: Nah, I am I play Drinkwater every time. Uh, Drinkwater has had some pretty big scores this year. And if it was to pull off a big score tonight, that's your, that's your weekend over. So... You don't want to lose it on a Thursday night. It's, um a little bit frustrating, I find. Uh, so you just try and stick in it. You know he has got a he has tunned up this year. So you'd hate for him to tun up and you've taken the punt on raymond and raymond can uh, teen up. He can get an eighteen. So <laughs> it would be good night, nurse, if that happens. So you yeah, know, play safe on that old knock knock Dugan.
1: Fair enough. Now, with this, Riley, you know, he can potentially play both of these players if C&K is uh, to be looped out. But are you taking drink water in all circumstances, or are you going match-up-based and sort of just trying to you know, pod that off?
3: No, I am taking drink water as well, Rubbo. I do, even though he has a, a true Blue Cowboys support, I do think the Cowboys potentially do get the win tonight. And for that reason... Uh, potentially Drinkwater's uh, got a high likelihood of being having greater involvement and accumulating some attacking stats. So he has been on a little bit of a slide the last couple of weeks, but I think the buy for him and Robson is going to help uh, their output moving forward. So I definitely would look to match in just with Drinkwater because it is going to be a long weekend uh, if you do fall behind on a Thursday night and it's hard to play catch-up from game one.
1: It is. now. We don't want to worry about catch-up. We're looking at next year. I just thought of this. We just mentioned Reese Robson there, Riley. He's going to be a very interesting option next year because the first, what, seven, eight rounds, he was pretty competitive with Harry Grant, fell off the the face of the earth. Depending on the Cowboys' buy schedule next year, like I know we spoke on Sunday with Brenton about Harry Grant almost being like a must-have if the Storm play that early game in Las Vegas and all that, but... Reese Robson, you know, if he's going to be... I'll oh, we'll have a look at what he's priced at, but he's definitely going to have to be in consideration as a starting hooker, isn't he?
3: He's definitely going to be at a discount, Robbo. I do think coaches are probably going to be very wary of starting with him next year. We, we saw up until the origin period, he did sort of fire and produce the output that was expected, but since he did uh, sort of get a call-up for New South Wales, he has sort of seen a down tick. The big thing has been... An uptick in missed tackles and the kicking game that was spoke about in preseason hasn't really come to fruition as well which has been another area that he just uh, falls behind on the accumulation of points compared to someone like Lockie Croker who's uh, cropped up as being sort of a more top tier hooker option this year and Harry Green as well so for me I don't know if I could start with Robson just for the fact that he has shown uh, he can be a mid forty scorer and he's going to be a uh, player that's ne- nor going to make him money, nor have a stack of value in him as well. So he might be on my never again list with cheese. I'm not sure. But I think the preseason games, you'll have to watch him very closely because uh, I think he potentially could be fantasy relevant, but he could also be a trap as well.
1: Yeah, because this year from memory, he was like Matt Burton because I had Matt Burton penciled into my team. And then there was that Sharks trial game where he scored like 12 points in the 60 minutes he played and. Reece Robson was similar at the Sunning Coast when they played the Broncos. I think he scored like a 24 or something like that. And Pat Kerrigan's, you know, scored like a 75 or something. I think that scared a lot of coaches. And whilst he, well, just, you know some really good analysis there from you, I went through he's, his missed tackles are up 1.3 this year, and his try scoring rate's gone from 0. 0.3 to 0. 0.1. So at the moment, he's probably going to be priced at 50. So it would be interesting to see who the comparable priced at 50 options are next year. But you know, until we know what the buys are going to be, it's going to be sort of hard to... Go much further on that, but what we can go through is just confirm this here on Mark Reimer. I think we've sort of spoken to Harrison Graham enough already, but with three trades left, he's got no Hawker cover. He's selling Chris to get him and bank some cash. Lemuel will lose the centre slash wing fullback cover with the DPPs. I mean, with three trades left, Rich, we're, we're probably signing this one off, aren't we?
2: Yeah, for sure. Get in there.
1: Beautiful. Get in there, Mark, and get uh, Harrison Graham into your team. Jamie Clark with our next question here. Gentlemen, trying to win my semi-final. So that means that your prelim is in round 26 and your grand final is in round 27. I think your commission needs to be sent to The Hague for that because having a grand final in the last round is... uh, Yeah, it's not good juju. But what Jamie is asking from us is he has four trades. He needs a centre. He is looking to make two trades this week, I believe. So he'll be looking to bring in Gagai and Frazel for that Paddy Knight's narrative or going Garrick and Munster... ...for the next two weeks. Now, Rich, with this one we sort of spoke about in the group chat today... ...Munster is in some doubt uh, in relation to uh, Tarpane-itis... Uh, ...that we saw earlier in the season. With that, do you just go the two nights' players... ...knowing that they're going to be available to play for sure?
2: Yeah, I don't like having two players... ...but they are both in good form... Uh, when do they play maybe you can get away with it the storm play quite late by the looks of it because sixth game
1: saturday 7th yeah so you probably can't get away seven. with it
2: because newcastle play after them so you can get away with it you can potentially yeah, I'd, I'd prefer the other option but yeah the, it's high risk so um you might just
1: want to wait till afterwards the only trouble with this potentially for jamie might be the plays he's trading out like I mean, I may assume that he might be trading out a Broncos player like a Carrigan or a Farnworth or something, but let's just say he has got two players that play before Garrick kicks off on Friday. So, say that, you know, I don't know why you trade any Sharks or Cowboys out, but let's just say he did. Would you still just go that Knights combo for that security that they are actually going to suit up and you don't have to worry yeah. about
2: Monday? Yeah, I suppose so, uh, unless you're a avid uh, watcher um yeah it probably just does make sense
1: not offering your caulking services for this one
2: Corking services
1: Uh, remember sj and kayla oh
2: yeah 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 no the the plugs are being sterilized as we speak so they'll be ready for next year
1: Uh, you've pulled the plug on those services for this year fair
2: enough i'm in i'm doing uh, voodoo dolls
1: yeah, well, I appreciated the Peyton Haas one last week. That was great. He was on 38 after 35 minutes, then he finished on 48. And as a owner until round 20 and then a seller, uh, That well, I really enjoyed that.
2: Yeah, I'm sorry, but I've got it on uh, DCE tonight, so yes.
1: I know you're well, if you had on tonight, tomorrow. that's all right because he plays tomorrow. Beautiful.
2: <laughs> uh, he'll, be, he'll be cooked by the time it goes in. Yeah, maybe I'm doing
1: acupuncture then. Mm, okay. Well, hopefully we don't let, let a random... Random Kiwi into the Manly Hotel, eh? Gary Brown with our next question. Hi, lads. Do I trade at Lemuelu to Gagai or Teddy or Hold? He has centre wing fullback covering Garrick, so he can do either. He also has Boyd, and he's going to trade him to DCE. So, Rich, I'll come back to you for the DCE side of this. seems a bit of a no-brainer, right? Boyd's out for the season. DCE should score pretty well.
2: Yeah. Ah. He is, yeah... If there's one player I've ever thought definitely plays fantasy, it is DCE. He just seems to look after <laughs> his own stats, and yeah, the only thing that would prevent him is perhaps he picks up a late injury and they just put him put him on ice for the season.
1: And with that theory, Newcastle Knights are super relevant. Got, should play finals. Roosters are not, which is not a sentence. I thought I'd say at the start of the season. Would that sway you to go gag-eye over Teddy, knowing that, say, if he gets a knock, they're just going to say, mate, I know you're the captain, but start your holidays early and we'll see in 2024?
2: Yeah, although uh, mathematically, there's still a chance, so you've got to expect that he'll be putting all in. I actually can see that game against your mob in the final round actually having some significance. So, yeah, I, I think... Surely Teddy has to perform at some stage of the season because he's just underperformed all season.
1: He's been okay because in the context of my team, I've owned him and he has what's the average since I've owned him? He's averaged fifty-one point two, which isn't too bad. Like I bought him when he was like six seventy, and he, you know, obviously the origin he missed some games and that, but he's played. Mm. What has he played? He's played thirteen times for me, I think, and he's got me a fifty-one point two. So yeah, not great um, compared to Teddy of old years, but not not awful either. With this one, Riley, I'll get your thoughts on it as well. With Gagai and Teddy, if we sort of take that narrative about the Roosters potentially getting a, an early season uh, man Monday in, would you take him over Gagai? From
3: uh, memory, Rob, I talked to Gary a little bit throughout the season. He does have a stack of trades, so I would look to pull a trigger on that. I personally would look to go Gagai. I just think the ceiling and the form that he is currently in on that right edge, and Dom Young's been a huge beneficiary outside of that. He's had 0.7 try assists so far this season with one line break assist per game. So he's been absolutely huge on that right edge. So I would look to go th- go for him just for that form reason. I think you did touch on a couple of valid points there with Teddy. That score of 22 a couple of weeks ago is very concerning, though. He can have a game like that if he doesn't rack up some attacking stats. So I would, would look to go Gagai there Gagai there, I think.
2: Yeah, just... We have to put a little caveat in there that we do know that Riley loves a gay guy from Bunnings. That
1: Queenslander spirit, obviously, Dane. (laughs) Didn't play Origin this year, though. Maybe next year he'll be in. If they pick it off Fantasy Scores, he'll uh, he'll be on the team for sure next year uh, because Hammer has sort of fallen off the ball in that regard. Brenton wants to know, and I don't know why he's asking us, but he wants to know whether it is Uppy, my long-distance cousin Reese, or cardboard shoulders in for Boyd. It'll be his 18th man and hooker cover. Now, which way would you go with this one, Rich?
2: I think I know Brenton's already going Appie, so I think he's on the money there. I'm a Robson owner, and I actually think Robson's going to go good. I think you'll find tonight... He will get fifty-five, 60. he'll be fresh, and I think he really has suffered from overworking, uh, making origin and having that extra work. Last year we saw that he sort of picked up over that period, but this year he really looked a bit cooked, and you quoted his missed tackles earlier, um, and yeah, you never want Mahoney in your team because, he, yeah, those cardboard shoulders, gee, it might be being generous to cardboard.
1: Yeah, especially as he's 58 wasn't enough to get me into the talking league draft finals. I end up finishing fifth on points four, and cardboard shoulders was part of that, because I think I picked him with my fourth pick. But uh, none of, we'll save that person one for a draft special, which I'm sure will come through in the next week or so. Riley, with this one, uh, which way would you look at this? Is it going to be your boy Robbo from the Cowboys?
3: Yeah, I would go uh, Robbo here, Robbo, just due to the fact he is the only 80-minute hooker, uh, out of that list Just Do look at Appy He does have the goal kicking Going out the Tigers Potentially with Robson Though I do think uh, The Cowboys do need to win uh, Their three remaining games On the run home To definitely qualify for finals So A little bit of extra Attacking output uh, There from Dummy Half I think uh, Is going to be needed By the Cowboys To um, rack up a few results Starting with uh, Spanking uh, TK Sharkies tonight And I'll get off the heels And leave Andy alone And annoy uh, TK next week
1: yeah, just looking at Robson, he had 11 missed tackles in his last last outing against the Broncos, and the Sharks do have a couple of big boppers in there that might run over him, because I think that's what both those missed tackles have been. They've either been that try near the post, where it's just an unlucky one, like Corey Osborne had a couple of those last week, but there's been a couple of times he's been one-on-one with like you know an equivalent of a Hammy Niueli, for example, and he's just been steamrolled. So I probably would say Uppy, just on the basis that he might get a massive score this week, and I think cardboard shoulders is similar to Uppy in that he's sort of doing an awful lot in terms of with the ball and some might argue he's probably overplaying his hand a bit too much and some might say the same of Uppy, but the thing with Uppy is he tends to usually execute with a nice try assist or, you know, goes himself and scores and was it was it his first year at Penrith I think it might have been or the first year where he actually was uh, fit, rare to go he bagged down an 80 in round one and I could easily see him doing that this week so that's the way I'd go uh, in terms of picking up Mr... Api Quaracel. Carl olson has got a question. I think, Rich, has got your name written all over it. He's looking at Adam Elliott. Is it worth looking for, for Ryan Madison? Patty, and the boys on Tuesday brought up a great theory in relation to some release of, uh, let's call it frustration. Are we going to go behind this frustration theory and assume that Elliott's going to carve up the last three weeks?
2: Well, I think the problem is he's got this pent-up frustration and he's taking it out on the other players. Um, yeah, I'm an Elliott owner and he has got better and better. He was so close to getting the chop, and I just held on No, because I'd watched a lot of his games and I could see that there was something coming and he just needed minutes, and it's like he's finally starting to get those minutes. And, yeah, he, I think he might even bag himself a meat pie and he could really pull out a big score. But I just don't know if Madison's your best option because Madison, despite being benched, he still has been scoring well week in, week out. Last week, no Parramatta player scored well you know like it didn't matter who you were like guns like hopgood couldn't score guns like cartwright couldn't score um so you yeah, don't don't base it off last week i think you just uh who's saying was that no that might have been um steve hanson the ex all black coach he just said flush the dunny and move on
1: yeah i guess the only thing would be is if oh, i to double check oh, he that last
2: week doesn't he as well, yeah, so it, yeah. might,
1: it might just be a price mechanism thing because what Elliot's break even is, yeah, oh, just having a mare here trying to navigate the Fantasy website. Nice one, Fan Hub, uh, yeah. So, so Mado's break
2: even now 54. So, if you wait another week, um, the switch could be quite high. But Elliot's not that expensive, Elliot's still only um priced at 589. So, if you waited a week, it, they're not going to switch over.
1: But, um, no, they're not. He's 24. Okay. He scores 120, which he could do. You never know. Hat-trick. I hope so. Yeah, what? <laughs> I don't. That'll, that'll uh, that really, really means it pretty quick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would. So, yeah, probably with that one, you could maybe afford to be patient. Like you said, it's just a nightmare. I think everyone besides Dylan Brown had a sub-50 score in that game. The game was just... Kurt Catewell and Dean Maron are the top two scorers in a fantasy game. You know, it's gone a bit wacky. Uh, mm. That's what happens when you play at the Gabba move on to this next question here, and Chris is clarified, so he has Max King and Harrison Graham, so we did guess that correctly. Awesome. Our advice is valid. Penultimate question, I believe, unless we get some furthest coming through here from Tony Sock, best pod captain. Now, obviously, we don't know what Tony has in his squad, but Rich, if we're going away from that main axis of the three halves, and obviously we've got the Broncos on the bye this week, if we go on a you know, world card captain, who would you like to stick it on this week?
2: Uh... For me, it's Cam McInnes. I just, coming off an 88, although I hate backing players off high scores, so I'm going to shift quickly, pivot, and go hop good. Bounce back, off an edge, eight offloads, and I just think, yep, he could be a real pod option.
1: Lovely. What do you reckon, Roy?
2: I was thinking along similar lines to Rich there
3: with Cam McInnes, but with a pod captain, sort of look at a player with a high ceiling, so... When considering that, I would look to go someone like AFB. I uh, had a stack of run meters last week. Uh, offensively, he has a very friendly game, tackle bus, offloads, uh, and does like a meat pie as well. So, up against a manly forward pack this week, he is going to play big minutes. He does have a big minute role there now, uh, and I'd back him to uh, be a pot option for you.
1: Nice. Uh, looking at matchups, and this is a player probably most coaches would have, it's Harry Grant coming up against the Dragons. He may only play 60-65 minutes, but most likely if he's doing that, he's going to have an absolute party. I don't mind that as a risk. It's unlikely you own Jerome Hughes, but he's another one that I'm not a massive fan of as having as a classic fantasy asset in terms of for a long period of time, but he's definitely a player that can turn up, as we saw recently. So one of those Storm players would probably be the way I'd go with the, with the pod captain. Unless you were going to go like a Hawesborough or Tarponay, but it's Ricky Stewart. Do you really want to captain a, a Raiders player? Piri Oran He wants to know, in relation to his head-to-head, he needs some cover for next week. If he wins his head-to-head this week, he wants to look at the options out of Malfotoweka, Jackson Ford, or anyone at 675k, preferably mid, but he could slot Max Keane up next week and grab someone else. So we'll have a look at the price tags here. Now was my Mo Fortawaker, he's going to be quite a handy option if anyone needs to buy mid over the next few weeks because we don't really care too much about his, what his price is going to be you know, because his break-even massive, but at 6... What is he, 6.20-odd now? Like, that's pretty good value for a guy that could get you a 50. Yeah. I don't like...
2: Yeah. Like, he just doesn't have a high... Well, I suppose he does. He's had 68s, but... And last week was his worst score, but you've got to think his minutes start going up in what is really a very weak Titans team at the moment. So they might just need that experience of him, and he might get up to around that 63 to uh, 65 minutes, which is where he scores those 50s. So, um, yeah, it's a good shout, actually. I don't I
1: don't mind it, but the only problem is he plays for the Titans, and they're a tough watch. They are tough, like Shane, again, as we spoke about before, could spend 30 minutes behind his goals. Riley, in terms of this price bracket here, is there anyone that comes to mind? Like Brenton Nicker is only 650k. Who else have we got? Uh, Jad Wallace is 636k, and we wouldn't expect that to happen this year. It's pretty dry. Would your man, Luciano Lelua, be a a shout-as-a-pod player? I mean, he's not a mid, but he does have a bit of a high ceiling as we've seen before.
3: He does have a high ceiling, Robbo, but looking at that, I would, out of the two players uh, there, I would sort of look to go Jackson Ford. Just that DPP cover, I think, could be helpful on the run home, especially with uh, Cam Murray on the bye next week and then Hopgood 27 as well. We are potentially going to be looking for a few mids. The other player you could also look at is at Adam Elliott at the Knights. He has struck a good run of form there uh, with a stack of good scores 47, 65, and 56 in the last couple of weeks, playing big minutes as well. Back to sort of the form that we did see at the Raiders. So I definitely think he's a good shout uh, as well. But yeah, Jackson Ford uh, would be my pick potentially.
1: It's a great pickup. I know we only spoke about him two questions ago. Completely he's only 589K. He is exceptional, babe. But I think any of those three, period, are going to be a great choice. Uh, but I think the collective wisdom here is yeah, Jackson Ford's probably your man. And I'm not sure there's is much of a question, but uh, a bit of a. Uh, Bit of bait for you here rich from aaron nichols mataiti Jay, warrior can i have your grand final ticket after sj tussie's acl this weekend
2: aaron's a hater he's a broncos bandwagon supporter from uh, the early 2000s and he's just a yeah broncos flog and yeah i'm surprised he's even interested in league or in fantasies so i don't know what he's doing on here because his season ended before our finals in the head-to-head started. So, yeah, keep trying, Aaron. But uh, I will give him a bit of a shout-out because he coached his uh, Wellington rugby league team to the premiership, I believe. So, well done,
1: BA. Nicely worked there, Aaron. That will wrap us up for the questions. So, it's probably going to be a penultimate show in terms of Love live Q&A next week rich though we're looking at doing a bit of the price is right that we're looking to line up next week the punters price is right come
2: on down so uh, i think you'll work out the logistics how we're going to make it work but the gist of it will be that uh if you are a punter out there and you've wanted to come on the podcast your opportunity will be to play the price is right so uh yeah, I'll leave Robbo to sort out the logistics and how it works, but um, I will have the questions and I might try and dig up some sound effects rather than me doing them as I did last time.
1: <laughs> oh, We could pre-record something in the studio sometime before that, but I do love the light, loud light, loud, sound effects. Uh, so, yeah, we'll get that going. What we'll probably do is probably chuck up a post, I'd say probably Tuesday Wednesday, just to indicate your interest. Pretty simple. It'll just need... To, to basically guarantee that you're available probably between, let's say, 7 to 7.30 Australian Eastern Standard Time or 9 to 9.30 New Zealand, or if it's another time zone out of those two, uh, you can work that out from there. But yeah, we'll get some, some of that going, bit of audience interaction for our last show. Probably have a little bit of a sum up, but of course, Head to Head Finals will be next week. So if you do have questions, of course, we'll go through those in the first sort of half hour or so. That'll wrap us up, but uh, before we depart, boys, it's time for some words of wisdom. I'll start with you, Riley. What do you got for the coaches before we head into round 25?
3: Save a horse, ride a cowboy, Robbo. I'll back the cowgirls home tonight and uh, hopefully get a win over TK Sharkies. But I think in terms of fantasy news for the punters, just be patient. Uh, If you can field a full 17 this week, even if it does mean you're sort of drawing on someone like Wade Graham or Dan Russell uh, to cover in your 17 this week for someone like Payne Haas, I think go with that uh, and just bank the trade because there is going to be a little bit more carnage over the next couple of weeks. uh, And being able to field, I think, 17 and 26 and 27 is going to be super important, especially if you want to make some ranks.
1: It certainly will be, Riley. And Rich, uh, what do you got for the coaches before we head off into round 25?
2: Uh, Well, yeah, if they had heard the speech I've given the boys this week, uh, yeah, their teams will be fired up. but. My team, after that rousing speech I've given them, there'll be some bounce back action. And all I can say is, if your team has been struggling, just give them a rev up and threaten some sackings. Riley, yeah, you might. I was trying to think. You're you're the Tim Sheens of coaches this year.
3: <laughs> I might get sacked and not be allowed a fantasy team next year.
2: <laughs> you Oh, you might have to um, just watch over your shoulder before you do trades. Yeah. So, no, just yeah, a couple of weeks to go. So uh, if you're not interested in your rank, uh, go for a random captain and then screenshot it and show everyone how smart you are. And if it doesn't come off, don't screenshot it and tell anyone.
1: I'll just do it because it'll be funny. Just don't delete the comment after you do it. Yeah. So, yeah, in terms of... My advice for the coaches out there, stick your VC on someone playing. Surely you've got Heinz and Drink water, stick it on them. Or if you want to motivate a player, I did this with Zach Lomax in rounds 13, 14, I think 15. Oh no, it would have been 14, I 13, 15. Stuck the VC on, said, mate, I'm relying on you for this period. I really need you to step up, and he ends up averaging 50, mate, 220K for him. So there you go. Maybe just a player that needs a bit of a rev up, stick the VC on, and it might inspire him to greater heights. But that'll do for this live Q&A for round. 25. Thank you for joining us here. Uh, be sure to catch the, play, well, the playbook, the fantasy game plan on Sunday with TK Branson. Brenton. But until then, thank you for joining us and we'll catch you in the next one.